हेलो गाइस वेलकम टू द ट्वेल्थ पॉडकास्ट ऑफ लेट्स रिवाइज एम बी बी एस कार्डियोलॉजी एंड टूडे वी आर गोइंग टू टॉक अबाउट इन्फेक्टिव एंडोकार्डाइटिस एंड रोमेटिक फीवर एंड रोमेटिक हार्ट डिसीज ओके सो इन्फेक्टिव एंडोकार्डाइटिस इज अ माइक्रोबियल इन्फेक्शन ऑफ द एंडोकार्डियम विच फॉर्म्स सम वेजिटेशंस ट्राइबल वेजिटेशंस एंड इट दिस डैमेज द वेलवुलर एपेरेटिस ओके सो इन्फेक्टिव एंडोकार्डाइटिस कैन इधर भी अक्यूट और सब अक्यूट अक्यूट इन्फेक्टिव एंडोकार्डाइटिस इज कॉज बाई हाईली विरुलेंट ऑर्गेनिजम्स लाइक स्टेफेलोकोकोस ऑरियस एंड दे मेनली दे कैन अफेक्ट द नॉर्मल वेल्फ्स ओके बट सब अक्यूट इज कॉज बाई मॉडरेट टू लो विरुलेंट ऑर्गेनिजम्स लाइक सेप्टोकोकोस विरिडेंस और हैसेक ग्रुप्स ऑफ ऑर्गेनिजम्स विच इंक्लूड हिमोफिलस एक्टिनोबैसिलस एंड सी फॉर कार्डियोबैक्टीरियम ई फॉर आइकनेला एंड के फॉर किंगेला एंड इवन कॉन्स कोगुलेटिव कोगुलेज नेगेटिव स्टेफेलोकोकस ओके सो कोगुलेज नेगेटिव स्टेफेलोकोकस एंड दिस सब अक्यूट इन्फेक्टिव एंडोकार्डाइटिस दिज ऑर्गेनिजम्स यूजअली एफेक्ट द प्रीवियसली डैमेज वेल्व और प्रोस्थेटिक वेल्व्स ओके एंड माइट्रल वेल्व इज कॉमनली एफेक्टेड राइट नाउ लेट्स सी पैथोफिजियोलॉजी सो बेसिकली देर इज अ एंडोथिलियल इंजुरी इट कैन बी इधर ड्यू टू डैमेज्ड वेल्व और प्रोस्थेटिक वेल्व एंड दिस इंजुरी लीड्स टू प्लेटेड एक्टिवेशन एंड फॉर्मेशन ऑफ थ्रोम्बस देर ओके सो दैट दिस थ्रोम्बस इज स्टराइल सो दैट्स वाई दिस इज नोन एज एन बी टी ई नॉन बैक्टेरियल थ्रोम्बोटिक एंडोकार्डाइटिस ओके एन बी टी ई सो आफ्टर दिस इफ द पेशेंट अंडरगोज सम डेंटल प्रोसीजर और एनी काइंड ऑफ प्रोसीजर बाई विच there is invasion of bacteria in his blood so this bacteria can go in the valve or go in the thrombus and can colonize there okay this will lead to formation of vegetation and this vegetation is friable why because it is rapidly growing and uh, it's not stabilized enough by, by the fibrin strands so this vegetation is friable so because of this there can be their local destructive effects or there can be systemic effects due to embolization okay so vegetations of infective endocarditis are large friable bulky and they invade the chordae tendinae also okay and uh, they are mainly present on the surface on that surface of the valve where the pressure is low so let's uh, let's say the patient has my uh, mitral regurgitation so the blood is going from the ventricles to the atrium the pressure is lower on the upper side of the mitral valve so these vegetations will be on the upper side and they will be just besides the tip so uh, by the venturi effect or the bernoulli's principle at that point the pressure will be lowest so on the upper surface just near the opening at that area these vegetations will grow and these vegetations as you know as you know are not sterile they are infected with bacteria and they destroy and they can also ulcerate the valve so this is the feature characteristic feature of vegetation of infective endocarditis the risk factor include uh, valvular diseases and regurgent regurgitant diseases are more prone for infective endocarditis than stenotic lesions okay and left sided or high pressure lesions are also more prone than the low pressure okay iv drug abuse iv drug abusers are also a risk factor 
and immunocompromised patients okay so these are the risk factors now organisms are very important so overall most common organism causing infective endocarditis is staphylococcus aureus now depending on the valve we have different uh, organisms so we have native valve prosthetic valve and then iv drug abusers now native valve on native valve if it is community acquired then it is due to streptococcus but if it is nosocomial or a hospital acquired uh, infective endocarditis on the native valve it is due to staphylococcus aureus okay now on prosthetic valve if the prosthetic valve uh, has been put in the heart and it's been less than 12 months less than a year then the common organism is cons coagulase negative staphylococcus the example for this is staphylococcus epidermidis but if if the patient develops infective endocarditis after around after one year of uh, prosthetic valve implantation or prosthetic valve repair then the common organism is streptococcus okay and if the patient is iv drug abuser then if he develops right sided infective endocarditis then the organism is staphylococcus aureus and if it is left sided endocarditis then it is mostly enterococcus okay so these were the common organisms infecting the valves now for diagnosis of infective endocarditis we have a criteria which is modified duke's criteria so in this we have major criterias and minor criterias so there are two major criteria and five minor criteria so now in major criteria we have two two criterias one is the blood culture and second is echocardiographic finding so how do we take the blood culture for infective endocarditis so we take three separate blood cultures and these should be taken from three different sites okay and uh if we are taking two or more blood cultures then the time gap between those cultures should be at least 12 hours or if we are taking three or more cultures then the type ga time gap should be at least 1 hour okay between the first and the last culture now after we take the blood culture we see, uh, we culture it and we see for the organism so if we get two positive blood cultures for typical organisms so which are the typical organisms they are staphylococcus aureus or streptococcus viridans or any hasek group of organisms if in two cultures we get this positive then it is a positive culture then it goes into the major criteria or the second is persistently positive blood culture for a particular organism okay from two cultures drawn 12 hours apart so suppose that organism is not from the typical organism that's some different organism but if you get same positive culture for the same organism in two blood cultures which are taken 12 hour apart then that is also included in the major criteria okay and if you get a single blood culture positive for coxella burnetti then that is also a major criteria okay so these three points in blood culture second is echocardiographic finding so on echo if we get oscillating intracardiac mass which is present on the valve or there is new onset regurgitation then it fits into the major criteria so these two are the major criteria now coming on to the minor criterias so in minor criterias we have uh, if the patient has history of any predisposing conditions like iv drug user or any uh, heart lesion any condition 
which predisposes to infective endocarditis. That is the first minor criteria. Second is fever of more than 38 degrees Celsius. Third is immunological phenomena like Roth spots, Osler nodes, or glomerulonephritis. So Roth spots are basically uh, hemorrhages seen in the retina, and Osler nodes are tender subcutaneous nodules present on the pulp of the digits. Okay. And this is the third criteria, immuno immunological phenomenon. The fourth criteria is vascular phenomena. So vascular phenomena include arterial thrombi or pulmonary infarcts or Janeway lesions. So what are Janeway lesions? They are non-tender erythematous and they are mainly present on the thinner aspect of the hand. Okay. So this is because the thrombus, which is uh, friable, it ruptures and it can lodge anywhere. It, if it lodges in the artria, artery, then it, it, it can lead to arterial thrombi. If it lodges in the pulmonary system, pulmonary vein or pulmonary capillaries, then it can lead to pulmonary infarct. Okay. Similar is the cause for Janeway lesion. This was the fourth minor criteria. And the fifth minor criteria is if you get the positive blood culture, but it is not satisfying the conditions of major criteria. So if you get only one positive blood culture for typical organism, then that will go into minor criteria. Okay, so we saw two major, five minor. Let's quickly revise the five minor criteria. First is predisposing heart conditions or IV drug abuser. Second is fever more than 30 degrees Celsius. Third is immunological phenomenon. Fourth is vascular phenomena. And fifth is positive blood culture, but not meeting the major criteria. So if the two major criteria or one major plus three minor or five minor criteria, if these are present, then we diagnose the patient as infective endocarditis. Okay, for treatment, now the treatment depends on the organism. So we'll talk about three, four main organisms. So if it is streptococcus, then we give penicillin and gentamicin. If it is staphylococcus on native valve, then we only give vancomycin. But if it is staphylococcus on prosthetic valve, then along with vancomycin, we need to add gentamicin and Rifampicin. Okay. Now, yeah. Now, uh, some other two two other organisms. Hasek group. If there are, uh, if we find any Hasek group of organisms, then we need to give ampicillin with Salbactam. Okay. So this was about infective endocarditis. The main thing here is you need to know the modified Jones criteria and the organisms. Okay. Now coming. Uh, now moving on to the rheumatic fever and rheumatic heart disease. So rheumatic fever is an autoimmune inflammatory disease okay that can involve heart joints skin or nervous system and this disease typically develops two to four weeks after pharyngitis by group a beta hemolytic streptococci infection okay the mechanism is molecular mimicry the so our body produces antibodies against the m protein and n acetyl uh, glutamic acid nag and but this antibody also bind binds to the human endothelial cell and damage it because there is structural similarity okay now rheumatic disease can either be can be acute and then this repeated attacks of acute rheumatic disease can finally lead to chronic heart disease okay so this in the acute phase it can as we discussed it can affect the joints so it can cause polyarthritis. It can also affect CNS. In CNS, it can cause 
Korea. Okay, pseudonyms Korea. If it affects the skin, it can cause erythema, marginatum, or some subcutaneous nodules. So all these are features of acute rheumatic fever. So let's discuss about each of them in short. So uh, joint, uh, in joint there is polyarthritis. This polyarthritis is migratory polyarthritis. It is the most common manifestation overall of the rheumatic uh, acute rheumatic fever. It mainly affects the large joints like knee, hip. Okay, and this involvement is asymmetric. The arthritis is non-erosive and it does not leave any residual deformity. So, so there is pharyngitis. After two to four weeks, there will be acute rheumatic fever. Joint will be affected, inflamed. But after a few weeks, it will resolve and it will resolve completely. Okay, this is the this is the case for most of the uh, most of the disease, like most of the systems for joints, for CNS, for skin, everywhere, the disease resolves completely except for the endocardium okay we'll talk about endocardium now so carditis uh, the acute rheumatic fever involve can involve all the three layers it can cause pancarditis okay but first it involves endocarditis then myocarditis and then pericarditis you cannot find that the patient is having pericarditis but is not having endocarditis so you can if this is the condition you should not label it as acute rheumatic fever okay now most common valvular defects in acute 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 rheumatic fever is mitral degurgitation so why the, why there is mitral degurgitation so see there is in uh, lot of inflammation going on because uh, of uh, our immune our immunity is attacking the endothelium of the heart okay so there is immune, uh, there is inflammation going on. So there is edema. There is edema of the valves as well as caudate tendine. Okay. The, because of this, the valves cannot close properly and it leads to mitral regurgitation. So this is in acute rheumatic heart disease. But if it goes on to the chronic form, so there will be chronically there will be fibrosis. Repeated inflammation will lead to fibrosis and this will eventually lead to mitral stenosis. So most common valvular defect in acute rheumatic heart disease is mitral regurgitation and in chronic rheumatic heart disease it is mitral stenosis. Okay. Coming on to the next thing which is pseudonym scoria. So pseudonym scoria is involuntary rapid purposeless movements and it mainly involves the upper limb and the head. Okay. Next is erythema marginatum. So, so it is a uh, like geographical red macular rash which involves skin and this also heals without any scar so i told you everything heals without residual disease except carditis so there is some residual disease of the endocardium which remains even after acute form okay and the last thing is subcutaneous nodules so these nodules are painless and mainly present on the extensor surface okay like elbow now, when the patient comes to us, of when the patient of acute rheumatic fever comes to us, our main goal is to pick up these patients and give them prophylaxis so that chronic heart disease will be prevented in these patients. So, how to diagnose acute rheumatic fever? For that, we have modified or revised Jones criteria. Here also, we have major and minor criteria. And further, it is divided based upon the risk. 
if it is if the patient is in low risk area or high risk area okay so major criteria you can remember as mnemonic jones okay so j is for joints so in joints we have polyarthritis so but polyarthritis is only in low risk area but if it is a high risk area then polyarthritis polyarthralgia as well as monoarthritis are included in major criteria okay second one is o just convert o into a heart shape so it is carditis okay the first major criteria is joints which involves polyarthritis second is carditis third is jon n is for nervous system in nervous system we have sedenum scoria e is for erythema marginatum and s is for subcutaneous nodules we have talked about each of them coming on to the minor criteria in minor criteria we have four criterias first is fever then polyarthralgia polyarthralgia in low risk areas but monoarthralgia is also okay is also considered as is considered as minor criteria in a high risk area okay next is increase in pr interval so why does pr interval increase because there is inflammation so this inflammation also affects the conducting system and there can be delay in conduction so this can lead to increase in pr interval so that is also one of the minor criteria and the last one is raised esr levels okay so four minor criterias now what is the low risk and what is high risk so if the prevalence of acute rheumatic fever is less than 2 per 1 lakh school going children then it is considered as low risk if it is more than this then it is considered as moderate to high risk okay and patient should also have a evidence of pharyngitis with group b streptococcus infection so for that we can either check for aso titer we can check for anti dns b and or we can also check for we can do culture but culture getting positive culture is difficult because all these symptoms develop after 2 to 4 weeks of pharyng after pharyngitis 2 to 4 weeks later we get uh, the patient gets all these symptoms so it's difficult to get positive culture but we can definitely get positive aso titer or anti dns b okay so for diagnosis if two major criteria are positive are present or one major plus two minor criteria are positive then we can diagnose the patient as acute rheumatic fever but if the patient is having chorea the presentation of chorea comes late so if the patient is having chorea he may not have other symptoms other major or minor criteria may be absent so if the patient is having chorea and you feel that this is this picture is similar to that of sedenum chorea which is found in acute rheumatic fever you can straight away label it as acute rheumatic fever even if the patient is not having other other major or minor criterias now the patient can be of acute rheumatic fever without carditis or he can be of acute rheumatic fever or rather i should say she because it it is common in females so acute rheumatic fever with carditis but there is no residual disease of the heart and the third category is acute rheumatic fever with carditis with residual heart disease okay so for all these three conditions we give benzathione penicillin 1.2 million units every four weekly just the duration for which we give is different for these three different cases so if it is acute rheumatic fever without carditis 
then we give benzanthine penicillin for 5 years or till 21 years whichever is later okay so if the patient is of 14 years then we will continue this prophylaxis up to 21 years but if it but she if she is of 18 years then we will give it for 5 years and we will stop at 23 years okay now for other, uh, next category which is acute rheumatic fever with carditis but without any residual heart disease then we will give prophylaxis for 10 years or up to 21 years whichever is later okay and if it is acute rheumatic fever with carditis with residual heart disease then we will give prophylaxis for 10 years or up to 40 years like up to the age of 40 years okay whichever is later right so this prophylaxis with penicillin is very important to prevent the further uh, damage to the heart and further uh, so that the patient does not land into the chronic heart chronic rheumatic heart disease okay so that was it about infective endocarditis and rheumatic fever chal enjoy and keep studying bye bye